I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. On this broadcast, we range from the soul to the state as we explore those principles and cultivate those virtues that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. Welcome back for another episode, folks. We are in the height of summer. That corn is far beyond uh, knee high at this point with uh, the 4th of July in our rear view mirror. We are, uh, we're living life here in the, the north end of, of Sioux Falls. Um, the, the bees are, are still doing well. I do think I have more weeds than vegetables in my garden at this point. Um, but the kids are, kids are enjoying the swing set in the, in the pool and, um, a lot, uh, a lot of news. We're going to touch on some pro-life stuff this week. We've got a, got an, an abortion report just published by, uh, the state department of health, uh, just this last week. And so we've got, uh, our friend, um, and fellow laborer in the vineyard, uh, Dale Barcher, the executive director of South Dakota right to life on the program again with us to talk some pro-life stuff. Welcome Dale. Uh, good morning, Chris. Great to be with you and Real Presence Radio. Yeah, it's so good to have you back on. I know we've had you on a couple of times, I think, in the past to talk uh, pro-life legislative stuff. And the occasion um, that, that really, uh, one of the big things I wanted to talk with you about uh, on this visit, Dale, is, is this annual abortion report put out by the state of South Dakota, Department of Health. It's mandated by statute. And it was just published on, on July 1st. And there's some kind of good information in there that wanted to share with the listeners. So what do, what do we need to know from the abortion report, Dale? Well, Chris, it's the goal of South Dakota Right to Life to make abortion both illegal and unthinkable mm -hmm. in our great state of South Dakota. And so we watch carefully for this report to come out once a year. And so the 2020 report on abortions was due on July 1st. And sure enough, the Department of Health had it ready and on their website. And so I send kudos to the Nome administration and the department for being Johnny on the spot and getting those uh, stats out because it's important. Those numbers uh, tell a story. Yeah. So going into it, um, because of the COVID shutdowns, and these are numbers from 2020. And uh, so because of the COVID shutdown, the numbers on abortions, as one might expect, they plummeted from 414 in 2019 to 125 in 2020. And we're grateful for that. For three months, Chris, from April to June of 2020, there were no elective abortions in South Dakota. The following three months from July to September, there was only one abortion a month in the state of South Dakota. This, is, uh, th this was great news. The, now, the temporary halting of abortions in South Dakota is probably one of the good things that came out of the COVID restrictions. And unfortunately, what we're seeing now is those numbers are increasing once again. You know, I don't, I, it is great to see those numbers go down. Do, do you think that um, uh, women are going out of state or just literally less abortions happening? Um, yeah, obviously in South Dakota, but does that mean there are more children born this last year? Do you, do you have some expectation of, you know, what, what, that's a, a, about a 300 person difference. Um, is that just a win across the board or are they going another place? I guess, I don't know if the abortion facility up in the twin cities or maybe women out West were driving to a different place out of state. Any, any thoughts there? Well, certainly the, the report is quite thorough 
And um, I think it's worth noting, as you has mentioned, that we had more abortions from South Dakota taking place in, for instance, Minnesota. So uh, there were 152 South Dakota abortions uh, in Minnesota in 2020 compared to 99 in 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but Chris, the overall number of elective abortions in Minnesota was down as well. So that's another great sign. Well, it's a, you know, it's a great win, but, um, you know, as you say, with kind of the COVID uh, lockdowns being over with, you know, still a lot, of, a lot of work to do in the future to ensure that numbers stay low. Um, now, forgive me if you just mentioned this, but I, I think we've got maybe some updates on, on data concerning what they call medication abortions, too, or chemical yes. abortions. Do you want to yes. uh, say a little more about that? Well, yeah, chemical or medication uh, abortions, pharmaceutical abortions uh, in our state. We've been watching that closely, Chris, because as you know, you and the uh, Catholic Conference, as well as um, as South Code Right to Life, we're all over this uh, uh, on a legal basis at the state legislature. So the report indicates that there was an increase to 39% in 2020. That's up from 34% in 2019. So we're watching those chemical abortions uh, they're on the climb um, and we're concerned about that you know and um, I, I think these have been a bit more in people's minds uh, too with some legislation that we had this last year um, I think it was being called the abortion dis- discontinuance um, you know the word reversal was thrown out there too which is maybe not quite an appropriate word but um, maybe just a a brief explanation for folks that have never really thought through or, or heard about how these work is there's a there's a, a medication it's not really medication it's poison there's a protocol of two different drugs that a woman will take uh, several days five days or a week apart um, and there's a possibility of increasing the likelihood that the child will survive if she maybe changes her mind after that first drug takes the first pill changes her mind if she seeks medical care very promptly there's there's a chance her child may survive and there was um i'm trying to think what the what the bill number was uh i think it was 1130 um yes so so do you want to just uh recap what that bill was for us dale yeah, 1130 was an extremely significant bill. It simply states that uh, when a mother, pregnant mother, goes into a abortion facility, an abortuary, sees a doctor and she she asks for the chemical abortion, they will, they will give the one pill in the clinic, then they'll put a second pill in a paper bag, and they'll ask her to take it within uh, 24 to 48 hours after she leaves the clinic. Well, 1130, House Bill 1130, passed and signed by the governor, simply says that the last thing uh, that that pregnant mother will be given as she leaves the abortion facility is a document, a piece of paper that indicates that if she changes her mind, she uh, she can simply discontinue, don't take the second b- the pill, and immediately contact her own physician. Yeah, that's important because um, th- th- there there's indications now that anywhere from twenty uh, percent uh, to uh, up to we heard sixty percent 
um, a success rate of, of her having that child without any complications whatsoever if she doesn't take the second pill. Yeah, and that, just again, that's one of the reasons that these reports that are put out every year are so important is you get you get data of like, oh my goodness, we've got an increase in these medication abortions. You, you just can really do a deep dive into some of the facts and circumstances um, underlying you know, the, the decision to undergo an abortion and, and how uh, it's the specifics of the procedure. You know, this data is really important to developing uh, future legislation. So, and uh, Chris, that that legislation is so critical. I, it was Walter Elliott who once said, "Perseverance is not a long race; it is many short races, one after another." Mm. And that's what we're doing at the South Dakota State Legislature. We are chipping away incrementally yeah. at, at at an abortion abortion culture uh, to create this culture of life here in the state of South Dakota. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that um, with the Catholic Conference Assistance and Right to Life and our other, uh, such as Concerned Women for America and the Family Heritage Alliance, uh, we were able to see 10 uh, pro-life laws put into effect that the House and the Senate passed, the governor signed, and on July 1st, just a few days ago, all 10 of those laws became law codified law in the state of South Dakota. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's, uh, do, do you want to do a, uh, well, before we move on, Dale, anything else on the on the abortion report? Otherwise, I do want to just do a brief recap of some of these pro-life bills that, that so happy you signed into law. No, I, I would say that uh, I would just encourage people to uh, simply go if they want to see the entire report. It's online at the Department of Health, South Dakota Department of Health. They can Google that and find it under 2020 report on abortions. Yeah, and I would encourage people to read that, too. It's 22 pages. There's a lot of just really um, interesting and informative data there uh, that's it's, it's good to take a look at. It's doh.sd.gov where you can just Google it. Okay, so uh, let's maybe just do a recap, Dale. 2020 session, some of these bills that uh, were just so pleased made it through the legislature and, uh, and signed into law by Governor Nome. Yeah, Governor Nome, our, our pro-life governor and, and our pro-life lieutenant governor, Larry Roden. Um, boy, we tip our hats and our hearts to them. Uh, the, on July 1st, when these uh, pro-life codified laws became codified in state law. She made this statement. She said, and I quote, I look forward to the day when the Supreme Court recognizes that all pre-born children inherently possess this right to life too. Until that time comes, I am glad that these bills are taking effect to protect the right to life of pre-born South Dakota children. So I'm grateful. And yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah, so there were uh, two donor uh, bills that we su- supported that protects the privacy of the donors to uh, nonprofit uh, organizations and ministries in South Dakota. They, that was important. Yeah. But then there were another six pro-life laws. And just to recap them, uh, House Bill 1110 uh, was was a law that banned abortions uh, motivated by the diagnosis or a test indicating that the unborn child has Down syndrome. And that bill passed. Yeah, uh, great, great bill. And, yeah. and that that's one that we'll, we'll kind of watch too. 
um, just because it's, it, as it's been passed in other states, it's been challenged and that's going to, yes. um, you know, these, these will be court challenges that we'll be watching uh, as, as various cases kind of make their way towards the Supreme Court uh, with the aim of, of taking a big bite out of Roe versus Wade, if, if not knock it out altogether. So uh, 1110 good. Down syndrome abortion ban, great bill. Yes. And then a ten, House Bill 1051. And that bill required doctors to properly protect the life of any child born alive following a failed abortion. Yeah. That was critical. Yeah, great bill. And Catholic conferences on both those. What's yes. next on your list? Yeah, Senate Bill 183 and uh, it declared a certain surrogacy contract provisions regarding abortion as unenforceable. That was a big one. That's one we were all on. Yeah, that, that is a big one. And, you know, as as kind of came up during testimony on those bills, too, um, there could be a, a variety of different uh, contracts uh, that require would require somebody to get an abortion. A surrogacy contract would be maybe one of the most common. But uh, as was pointed out, I think by you in, in committee testimony, you know, it's been the case where celebrities, professional athletes, so on and so forth, would require their girlfriend to, to sign up. Uh, a contract with an abortion clause in it. So it's really horrendous practice. Uh, it's it's great that it's banned now in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Then there was House Bill 1114, which simply provided a better definition for abortion in South Dakota law. And that bill was championed by Representative John Hansen, who actually serves on the board of South Dakota Right to Life. We're grateful for a, a clearer concise definition of what abortion is in the state of South Dakota. Yeah, that, and that was a needed update. And so, and just a, a brief recap for listeners, the old definition defined abortion as the termination of a pregnancy. But you can imagine a situation in which a woman would be pregnant with more than one child. And if one child was terminated, was killed uh, and removed from the womb, but one or more children remained there, the, the pregnancy would continue. So it technically wouldn't uh, have met the definition of abortion if the pregnancy was continuing. So it was just cleaned up a bit to, indi- to, to really clarify, no, an abortion is a termination of a life in the womb, um, even if the pregnancy continues because there's, you know, there are other children there. So great, great bill. Right. We already talked about House Bill 1130, which was the um, discontinuance of a drug-induced abortion bill, which we were thrilled with. And lastly, uh, Chris, it's uh, Senate Bill 83. And um, this was a bill that simply requires a provision of information regarding perinatal hospice. And that that was such a good bill. And it's such good information for the parents who find themselves in a in a horrible situation where their child uh, about to be born uh, may um, immediately suffer death. And how do they walk through that time? Well, now there's going to be help for them. Yeah, that was a great bill. And I think uh, my recollection of the testimony in that bill, um, Senator Castleberry, I recall a prime sponsor in the Senate uh, just did a really marvelous job presenting it. I don't think there was a dry eye in that committee room as she shared just a personal family story that was very touching and, um, and yeah, some, some really, really wonderful testimony from, uh, from a few different uh, mothers. So great, great bill. There were a couple of bills too that, didn't quite make it across the finish line uh, this last session. Uh, what, what do we got there, Dale? 
Yes. Well, that, and by the way, even though they didn't make it across the finish line, there's a good possibility they'll be back once again in some way, shape or form. But the Medical Conscience Act yeah. uh, was was an important bill that um, simply found itself uh, stalled on the House floor. Uh, but uh, sim- simply saying that um you know, students going into the medical field, uh, doctors, um, uh, their conscience matters and yeah. should be protected in the state of South Dakota. And so um, uh, we'll bring that one back. Yeah. And it, uh, I want to just make a comment there, too, because there was a lot of there was a lot of resistance to this bill from um, those within the healthcare community. And I just, I want to take a minute to just honor those people because our healthcare providers in the state are really wonderful people. You know, whether you're in a big city like Sioux Falls or Rapid City, or whether you're in a, you know, a smaller town with just a, you know, a, a very small uh, clinic, um, their work isn't to be taken lightly. And so, and they had some concerns that uh, this is really going to, have a number of unintended consequences and is is going to be unjust ultimately and you know reasonable people can can disagree but at this point okay last year is water under the bridge moving forward now um i just wanted i want all the listeners to know that reasonable minds disagree we can agree on some principles we got to kind of work through this stuff and sort it out so i just want to honor all those healthcare providers and um hopefully when we take uh take another look at you know, in the next legislative session at a potential potential bill, we can have those conversations among friends and try and produce just a really great piece of legislation that works for everybody in South Dakota. And uh, you've been around the legislative process for, uh, longer than I have, Dale. Is that is that how it works up there where, you know, sometimes it doesn't quite make it through the first year, but, um, you know, people have conversations and, and come to a place where everybody can find something that works well, definitely. On the pro-life front, we've had some huge success in in our South Dakota legislature. But, you know, uh, Chris, they say that a good bill, it's not unusual for it to take three times, three runs at it uh, before it gets it gets to the point where the legislature feels comfortable in passing. So, yeah, this is not unusual. Not not unusual at all. And other states are, are kind of paving the way, uh, so to speak. Uh, we just saw Arkansas and most recently Ohio just in the last couple of weeks uh, pass really nice conscience protections for healthcare providers. Um, so looking forward to having that conversation. And then the last last bill on our list, Dale, what's the what's the final one here? Yeah, what, what, the one that did uh, the second one that did not make it across the line was an embryo reporting bill. And this once again was being championed by Representative John Hansen. Uh, made it through the House uh, on House committee, House floor, and then it got stalled and uh, killed over in a Senate committee. And and really, um, it was a simple bill. It simply asked that embryos created in uh, laboratories here in the state of South Dakota, that um, uh, what happens to them should matter. And the state has a vested interest in knowing exactly what happens to them. Are the embryos that are not implanted, IVF, uh, into, in, into a mother, is the embryo, is it discarded? Is it frozen? Is it uh, sent across state lines to be yeah. discarded and destroyed? What happens to the embryo that's not implanted? And uh, we, we just felt, felt that that should be reported. And uh, a Senate committee said no. 
Yeah, absolutely. It should be reported. You know, if, if we believe that life begins at conception, that's a, those are human persons. Yep. That, you um, need. Yeah, that's right. And I want to mention on that bill too, that um, Governor Noem, one of her uh, staff members uh, testified, she sent a, a, what they call a blue badger, meaning you wear their, um, so lobbyists for private organizations wear a little white badge. It says who they're representing. If they're representing a governmental entity, such as the governor's office, they wear a blue badge. So a blue badger sat down uh, over in the Senate and supported that bill. So it was really a, a great thing to see support from the governor's office on um, the, the embryo destruction reporting bill. Um, and hopefully we'll see some more conversation on that one in the future because that's, uh, that's an important important piece. Yes. Yeah, we've got, we've got maybe seven or so minutes here remaining. I want to talk a little more now just to transition to South Dakota Right to Life. I know you guys are in your fair and parade season. Tell us kind of what's happening right now and then um, fill us in on what you're looking forward to this fall too. Okay, great. Well, um, the, we, we've been busy at it. Uh, there's no grass growing under our feet in the state of South Dakota. We're so grateful, um, Chris, for the partners that we have across the state. It allows us to keep on keeping on and uh, people interested in the work and partnering with South Dakota Right to Life, they can simply go to sdrighttolife.org. That's SD for South Dakota, righttolife.org. Well, yes, we're uh, busy at it in uh, parade uh, parades across the state. In fact, on the 4th of July, uh, I was in um, four different parades uh, with a Right to Life uh, float. We were in Piedmont, Deadwood, Central City, and in Lead, South Dakota. So, and thousands of people uh, cheering on life, the sanctity of human life as our our float and our walkers and riders uh, came by championing life. So we're grateful for the parades across the state, uh, community parades, small and large, uh, where our chapters. And by the way, Chris, we have some 40 different communities in the state of South Dakota have a right to life chapter in them. So 40, those, wow. Yeah. So those in the listening audience, I'm sure there's a right to life chapter near where you live. And uh, if not, uh, it, now is the time to create one. So get a hold of us at righttolife.org. So, and, and then of course our state fairs uh, kick in. And I think I'm gonna be in uh, nine different uh, fairs across the state, including the state fair, which takes place the first week of September up in Huron. But I'll be at the, on both sides of the state, I'll be at the Empire State Fair. We'll have a booth there. We'll have a booth in the Central States Fair out in Rapid City, and then um, at fairs in between. So we'll have a summer full of fairs. And then also we kind of kick things off here with uh, Hills Alive, which is a uh, outdoor music festival here in uh, Rapid City. And they anticipate some 40,000 people in attendance and I thought it was interesting. Just yesterday, the manager of the Hills Alive calls me and said that their board had met. And um, if I would accept, they'd love to give me eight minutes on stage uh, to share the right to life story. Oh, and so what do you think I said, Chris? I said, uh, yes, you didn't even think about it. You didn't even hesitate. I know you. So I'm excited about doing that. I'm so thankful that, that we live in a state that cherishes a culture of life. Mm. But, you know, we need to fight to keep it this way. Yeah, and, and one of the things, too, that, that people, I think, really need to know is that it, 
this doesn't just happen in a sense like it um right to life it's and it's i know there's more than just right there are a lot of just great people great churches right to life is a strong pillar in i think um part of creating this culture but it's been f- 50 years now do i do i remember that right Yes, thanks, thanks for mentioning that. We're 50 years, we're commemorating uh, South Dakota right to life uh, in the state. We're not celebrating 50 years because, uh, my goodness, the mere fact that we have to be here is a shame. Yeah. But, in, but, but here in our nation, we have, uh, Chris, we've killed, we have murdered eight, uh, 63 million plus babies since 1973 in that infamous Roe v. Wade court decision. And so, but this year, 50 years we're commemorating um, boots on the ground here in the state of South Dakota. Yeah, and I, um, so you, and you're gonna have kind of a, and I appreciate too how you say it's not really a celebration because it's a shame that, that we have to be doing this work. It really is a shame, but, um, but so blessed and, and glad that, that you and others are so committed to doing the work. One of the things that, that Right to Life is preparing for, and I want to put out a save the date right now, because it's, I know you guys put so much work into it and put on such a great event, but you've got your, um, your, your fall conference uh, this October in Sioux Falls to, to commemorate 50 years. Um, can you say a little bit more about that and let people know when it'll be? Well, I appreciate it, Chris. Yes, it's our 50th South Dakota Right to Life Convention. Uh, This year will be held October 1, 2, and 3. So it's a celebration of life weekend, really. It's going to be hosted by the Sioux Falls area Right to Life chapter. We're grateful for that. So it's a Friday night, all day Saturday convention. And then on Sunday, October 3, we host once again our life chain in Sioux Falls. Last year, some 657 men and women, young and old, uh, lined the streets of 41st Street in Sioux Falls in front of Planned Parenthood to make a statement for life on that Sunday afternoon between two and three. We're gonna be back at it again uh, this, this fall as well. But I'm really excited, Chris, to share with your listening audience for the first time, our keynote speaker for this fall's convention in Sioux Falls and will be uh, the National Right to Life's president, Carol Tobias. Uh, Carol wants to be here for our 50th, so she's flying in. And she's bringing with her uh, Raimundo Rojas. Raimundo is their liaison to the Hispanic community, but he is also National Right to Life's liaison to the United Nations. And both Carol and Raimundo uh, have uh, stories to tell. So we're excited about their coming to the convention. Oh, wonderful. I know you guys put on such a great event. So just one more time, uh, it's going to be the first weekend in October. Great, great event. And if people uh, want to know a little bit more or just interested in learning more about Right to Life generally, if they want to find a chapter near them or start a chapter, if there isn't one near them, can you give us your website one more time, Dale? Sure. It is sdrighttolife.org. sdrighttolife.org. Well, Dale, it's always so good good to visit with you, my friend. Thank you, as always, for coming on the show. Thank you, Chris, and God bless you and the work you do here in the great state of South Dakota. Amen. We're under God, the people rule, love this state. And thank you, dear listeners, as always, for tuning in to this episode of Faith and Politics. If you've got show ideas, people you want to hear, topics you want to hear discussed, don't hesitate to reach out. You know where to get a hold of me. 
sdcatholicconference.org. Click contact us. Until next time, live well. 